This is Business of Home. I'm your host, Dennis Scully. Every week, I'll be speaking with leaders and innovators from all corners of the home industry. My guests this week are Raffaele and Caterina Fabrizio, the brother and sister team behind the Italian fabric brand Dator. Founded in 1976 by their parents, Raffaele and Caterina have taken the company into the next generation. Establishing it in Europe as a vibrant presence, bringing the energy of fashion to fabric. I spoke with them about their collaboration with Hermes, tackling the American market, and why Dator is all about the blend of elegance and courage. This podcast is sponsored by Universal Furniture. The new Coastal Living Home Collection, Weekender, is a breath of fresh air for interior design enthusiasts. This stunning collection seamlessly blends the relaxed charm of coastal living with a touch of contemporary elegance. With warm woods, time-worn finishes, an abundance of rattan and soft boucle, a sea of blues and soft whites, and a touch of acrylic that lends a modern feel, the Weekender Collection transports you to a serene retreat without leaving the comfort of your home. Whether you're looking for a laid-back vibe or a more polished aesthetic, Weekender offers a versatile range of furniture options to help you create a space that reflects your personal style. Now available at universalfurniture.com. This podcast is also sponsored by Hooker Furnishings. Hooker Furnishings knows a thing or two about quality furniture and intentional design. For 99 years, the company has offered innovative, on-trend products that span across a multitude of design styles and price points and is dedicated to designing, manufacturing, and delivering furniture your clients are sure to fall in love with. From upholstery furniture in premium leather or fabric to case goods, lighting, and decor, Hooker Furnishings genuinely offers something for everyone, residential, hospitality, and contract projects. Visit hookerfurniture.com to learn more. And now, on with the show. Last year in, in Paris in January, I'm, I'm sitting in your fabulous presentation that the two of you do. As I was sitting there, I thought, could I capture some of the magic between the two of you? And it just had me thinking about Paris and, and of course, we're recording in sort of mid-November now and Paris is already no doubt on your minds. Are you, are you thinking about what you're going to be presenting and what we're going to see already? Yes, we are. We were just recently talking about uh, the presentation of uh, next uh, deck off in Paris. And if we talk about the new collection, I would say that I just will give you three names of fabrics just to let you imagine. So one is called uh, This is the Tiger Speaking. And one other is called a tiger in the orangerie. Orangerie. Ah, tiger yeah. in the Very orangerie. Very French. Okay. Perfect yes. for Paris. Uh, okay. 
And the third one is called uh, Leon Tigre, uh, which means lion tiger, let's say. Actually, <laughs> you know, we say, uh, Rafael and I, we say, looking at the long uh, story, the long history of the dark, we say we are the result of uh, courage and elegance are very important for us uh, as siblings, uh, as a family, and as a company. Well, that, that's so interesting. So, so tell me... Tell me what that what that means for you, and and let's use that as an opportunity to to explain the the history of the of the company and why courage and and elegance resonate so much for you. It was uh, created in uh, 1976 by our parents, and um, the Dedar uh, roots uh, are uh, two people that are uh, in love, husband and wife, uh, whose families are both uh, uh, active in uh, in the fashion textile uh, business in different ways, and uh, the idea is uh, well, uh, in Italy you have an incredible savoir-faire, textile savoir-faire, and uh, it's mainly geared to something, to creating fabrics that are traditional. And uh, uh, our parents thought there was room for textile expression, uh, for beautiful textiles, rugs and uh, fabrics uh, that could fit in, uh, in an international world keen on modernity, so with a different uh, attitude. And uh, then um, I think Raphael and I joined um, after our studies at the end of the 90s. And uh, the company was still uh, relatively small. We grew the creativity and business spirit and entrepreneurial spirit together with our parents for uh, a long period. And now it's us to run the company. The company is much larger. We are 200 uh, across uh, different countries and continents. So it's really something that uh, has a special meaning. It's a uh, courage and elegance uh, in the sense that we say a courageous father and uh, an elegant mother. So did you both always know that you would come into the family business or were you at, at one time going to do something else? No, not at all. I started my studies of architecture and uh, I was uh, studying with, uh, with the idea of, uh, of, be, of uh, being an architect. And, and, uh, and so then uh, at a certain moment of my life, I, in a way, understood the possibility, the chance mm. to start working uh, for something that is uh, familiar uh, but more sentimental than uh, conscious in the sense of, okay, I'm joining the company and doing this, this for that because I have this vision. <laughs> no, not at all. was uh, more something definitely more uh, uh, sentimental. And then uh, once uh, in the company, then year by year, uh, became more, uh, more conscious. And I think that now our vision of the company, where we want to go, who we are, what we have done, uh, it's, it's quite... Uh, it's quite clear, and we are so we are so proud of it. <laughs> I would say. <laughs> so, Katerina, did you did you join the family business first? I joined first, uh, but uh, let's say that I can. To I totally share what uh, Raffaele said in the sense that we never 
first, we never considered the company as a company. It was our parents' life and project at the time, mm. more than a company to us. Uh, my interest uh, when I studied at university went uh, to the uh, international politics and uh, economical studies, not especially business, but more international uh, vision with the idea of... Um, I would work uh, in uh, like, um, you know, third world support organization in uh, internationally. And uh, after university, I worked uh, two, three years in um, a strategic consultancy, consultancy business. And um, at a certain point, my parents asked me if I could uh, um, help them with uh, some things. And I asked my boss and I said, um, may I um, work one day per week uh, with my parents? And after joining the company, but immediately, I really felt how uh, important was to me the being back in touch with the beautiful products. Uh, and so I was the first one and uh, in, I joined without thinking that it would be forever. And I think Raffaele joined uh, maybe three years later, Raffaele, more or less. Well, and, and Caterina, as you were saying earlier, the business was still relatively small at the at the time, right? And I wonder what the opportunity was that you saw, especially having spent a few years being a, a business consultant? What did, you, what did you see when you looked at the business? I didn't see the opportunity in terms of business growth or, you know, KPIs or whatever. <laughs> Not at all. I saw the opportunity for a beautiful Dedar. I, I saw that there was a connection that was very authentic and true between what my parents were doing and what we felt we were feeling was important. And uh, I felt that there was a room for uh, to having a unique point of view. Uh, and really being authentic to ourselves. So I would say that the first thing that was very clear to me was the idea that uh, our vision of fabrics was more uh, linked to the emotion that fabrics bring from bringing uh, something that we could uh, uh, see happening in, in the fashion in the fashion uh, world, also mm. to interiors. And the second relevant point that I found immediately was the pleasure of being in a relationship that is, uh, we are in a business of people that um, our product textile being not a finished product mm. involves uh, a lot of imagination involves uh, taking risk and involves uh, different competencies uh, that have to connect uh, to make something that finally is valuable, is beautiful, but we can only make it together. So it didn't uh, take long to decide, uh, wow, I know where I want to be. We're taking a quick break from the show to let designers know about HF Collective, Hooker Furnishing's premium trade membership program. For just $99 a year, designers obtain access to designer pricing, exclusive invitations, collaboration opportunities, free swatch and finish samples, and a dedicated sales rep to help you take your client's project to the next level. 
No matter the budget or design style, Hooker Furnishings and its many designer-friendly brands are sure to have furniture that works for you and your project. Sign up today at hookerfurniture.com slash new customer. And now, back to the show. Once you both did join, were there moments where the company grew, the company expanded? Were there, were there key turning points that you can remember that, that helped to propel you to where you are now? One for sure, and it's about memories, is uh, when we did a collection of uh, black and white, and that was the 90s, and that was uh, uh, totally unusual. Was uh, It was the, the language of, uh, I would say, of, uh, of couture, and at the same time was about using a technique that uh, normally... It was uh, used by uh, for uh, the, the flock technique. That was very, very strong and marked very much our our presence and the the presence of data in the mind of designers. And uh, we built a company without being, uh, let's say, tied to the idea of three meter wide fabric, which we followed for many years, going forward and doing also silk in three meter wide. And then uh, I would say that there was the moment of, uh, in 2006 and seven, when we starting doing beautiful ranges of color on on beautiful planes like velvet, uh, our velvet Adamo ed Eva, or our cotton satin tabula rasa, uh, working very well together. Uh, huge ranges of colors that for a company that was not such a big company at the time was considered quite unbelievable. Then I can go on to more recent years. Uh, we started to work with the idea of the back of the fabric. So the beauty of the back of the fabric was the center of uh, undiscovered and uh, not, and, uh, not uh, um, programmed beauty. The back of the things is the result of, uh, of a process. It's not the expression of your will. And that beauty is so uncatchable and we decided to, to catch it, to, to make a, like a, a screenshot of the beauty. And based on that, we build up a collection that uh, where Dalia Papavri Tulipani is still uh, its uh, main expression. And I would say that uh, in the recent year, uh, the idea of white writing, so making patterns on uh, uh, uncomparable, beautiful uh, qualities, but all white on white with different techniques marked, uh, I would say, the, the recent period of uh, the DAR and of our success. <laughs> and if I look at the, the turning point in terms of uh, business, very shortly, there are, uh, I think, uh, the early um, encounters with very relevant uh, designers uh, that internationally 
appreciated that they are in such a warm uh, way that uh, really uh, touched us. And um, it was uh, Jack Lennon Larson who asked us uh, if he could, uh, he, he loved the fabric and he said, I would like to distribute you. And it's, we were very small. Uh, I think it was even probably before the year 2000. So meeting these people has always be, has also been a, a turning point for us. And so we created uh, our showroom in Paris in 2004, which was our first showroom, uh, our first fleshy before Milano, because the connection to France was very important. And, and why was that so important to you? Why was the connection to France so important? The reason is that uh, I think we put together two two identities, uh, one which is very Italian and the other one which is very French, even if we didn't know that. But uh, <laughs> the Italians, and mainly on design, are free spirits and innovators by, by definition. I mean, we, I mean, we are linked to tradition, but we are very open to break it. We have no written rules. <laughs> and so... And on the other side, I think that we have uh, a, a way and a knowledge of materials, a sense of elegance and the beauty and refinement in colors and in tactile sensation that is more typical to France, to French the culture than to Italian. So I guess this is the reason. Also, I think this is the reason why Hermes uh, decided to work with us uh, in 2011 and for uh, 12 years. <laughs> well, so, and tell me about that because that was such an incredible compliment to you that Hermes wanted to work with you. We met over, uh, uh, let's say, a lunch with the CEO of Hermes at the time. Patrick Thomas, and um, they were keen to explore uh, the the world of uh, interiors, a uh, product for uh, for the home, uh, and uh, they felt uh, that we could support them in doing that. So it was uh, enriching from the point of view of understanding uh, the complexity and the beauty of, uh, uh, let's say, of working with somebody who has a strong identity. So it was a very interesting experience. I would say that we enjoy, in general, to collaborate. And we mm. think that collaborations are very important because uh, you have different point of view and uh, both parties are enriched by a collaboration. And mm. so it's part of our pleasure uh, also to um, bridge uh, with an eye that is different than ours. We have done that uh, uh, systematically with the designers, artists. Uh, so I would say that uh, collaboration and partnership are a very important uh, opportunity to evolve and uh, enlarge uh, your vision. I wonder if you can remember the moment that your father let you go. Tell me how it has been for you and and when you finally got to, to take the wheel, if you will? I don't even know exactly a date, but it was very informal. 
uh, but our father uh, thought that there were a lot of interesting things to do and that he wanted to uh, get involved uh, with the music uh, um, symphony orchestra supporting this and then they bought a summer house in the Olian Islands and they wanted to <laughs> be there more often and so that was the moment in which uh, Nicola and Elda, our parents, uh, finally uh, let's say, uh, decided that they would spend uh, little time or no time in the company. <laughs> but uh, as far as um, taking responsibilities, we have been very lucky. I mean, there was not uh, a symbolic moment at all. It was uh, on the work every day. And then uh, the moment they decided to to make a step uh, behind was, uh, in a way, the right moment without uh, traumas, without uh, symbolism. It's true. We, we feel that uh, uh, we have not received an heritage. We have built something together. And this mm. uh, is really different uh, than uh, receiving something. Uh, I think one point that is also relevant in the way that our was uh, managed and uh, in the way we lived with our parents this uh, journey, this adventure, our parents sent, to, sent us to Montessori school. Mm. Uh, the spirit is uh, you are responsible of your own project. No? Mm. You, you, you go towards uh, what is important uh, uh, to you and you take responsibility on that. Uh, and I think this, uh, in, this spirit uh, was also uh, the spirit for which the DAR was a project, but was also a project that uh, should correspond to the people that are involved, including us. Uh, so there was uh, uh, the, this vision of, of a project that evolves thanks to everybody. And I wonder, I mean, was, was the decision, and I don't know when you made the decision, to, to really come after the American market, for example. Tell me how you, how you thought about it and, and tell me what those conversations were, were like. Well, America was uh, a very exciting place for us. During university, I spent time in New York, and since then, I've always uh, loved New York very mm. much. It uh, took us uh, many years. I now, uh, I think that we opened our showroom in uh, New York in 2018, probably, uh, so not very long time ago, because uh, since uh, the very early time, we were connected to some very valuable partners uh, for distribution in the US. And so we felt uh, uh, that uh, the market was uh, uh, in good hands. At the same time, uh, we really wanted to be there to connect directly and uh, to create that um, relationship that we we created many years before in Paris with uh, with uh, the Paris uh, let's say community of designers and people who love uh, beautiful uh, fabrics and uh, and beautiful projects and so it was a matter of uh, a business decision uh, because we felt we were ready to invest uh, but it was also a matter of desire to get closer but the business decision was uh, certainly a business decision. We thought, okay, we're ready to invest. We go. 
And we're very happy because uh, our New York showroom has uh, uh, really uh, boosted uh, and uh, having a presence there has boosted our uh, business in the U.S. I, I wonder what you have found to be some of the some of the challenges in in trying to to grow the American market because it is it is challenging. Yes, it is. Uh, um, let's say that. Um, the American way of doing business is very specific to America. And mm. when you come from Europe, you have to uh, understand and uh, really put yourself in, uh, in the clothes of your client and uh, understand what is really relevant to them. And I say this uh, being very supportive of uh, the fact that uh, they don't want any problem in managing their projects. Mm. And this is uh, important. And uh, uh, they have a specific, uh, I mean, the CFAs are big in America and much bigger than in Europe. As a, So, you know, you organize things that are specific to the market. And and why is that, do you think? Why, so why aren't CFAs big in Italy? Why, why are they so big in America, do you think? Probably uh, it is a way of uh, uh, really managing the process in a very structured way. Uh, mm. So asking a CFA means that you get uh, a memo or you get uh, like a, a cutting of uh, what you're going to receive. You put it together. It's like a procedure. I think uh, Americans uh, are very organized in the process of business uh, mm. and it makes uh, sense uh, for them and um, and uh, we, we are ready to support that. Uh, but it's true that it's different. I think also probably matching things uh, exactly uh, is uh, uh, an element of value in their projects uh, that they feel uh, uh, maybe more important than but i would say mainly it's the process but is that not important in in italy as it is in america because you're so right i mean so many so many european companies tell me that it's just confusing to them in a way because their feeling is well it's Close. I mean, but but in but in America, they want almost an exact replica of the of the sample that they have in the in the showroom, right? I think that uh, probably in uh, in America, it's more a matter of making sure. It's more a matter of I want to be sure rather than a matter of uh, it is more important there than in Europe. Uh, so it's more like a guarantee rather than uh, a, a different uh, a different level of uh, uh, let's say uh, accepting or not accepting the color difference i would say it's more a matter of procedure than a matter of value itself whilst for example american market uh, the certainly the american market was the first one to really emphasize the role of ease of use in fabrics uh, so functionality uh, what is called uh, outdoor for indoor uh, all performance, that performance and, yes. in general terms and uh, of course this is something that is appealing to us because we enjoy working also on the challenge of uh, functionality uh, but it is true that when you talk to the designer the approach on this is much more direct uh, so it's a, mm. a, it's a level of discussion that was interesting to us because it imposed us 
to highlight uh, some topics more than uh, more than we would have done uh, before being direct. So it's a very very rich experience because you get um, a direct feedback. We're taking a quick break from the show to remind you about Universal Furniture. Get ready to elevate your space with Universal's all-new Modern Collection, available for pre-order exclusively on their B2B storefront. This collection embraces a fusion of luxurious yet casual design elements, drawing inspiration from global styles and incorporating an array of materials featuring natural wood tones, warm stone finishes, cast aluminum accents, and soft metal finishes. By pre-ordering through their B2B storefront, you gain early access to this in-demand new collection. Shop now at universalfurniture.com slash newintroductions. And now, back to the show. When I was in Paris last time, I, I sat down with Patrick Frey from, from Pierre Frey, and we... We sat in his office and he said to me, Dennis, at the end of the day, it's all about creativity. If there's, if there's no creativity, then there's no business and the numbers don't matter. But how do you think about pushing the, the creativity of Dadar, which is, I think, what is most going to distinguish the, the brand? Because it's, it's difficult to catch up technology-wise with a lot of the big companies, but creativity-wise, you have a real opportunity. I agree that uh, the starting point, uh, if the company loses creativity, it loses the way. And uh, so one key point is how to evolve uh, keeping uh, your identity, which is really a key point. But uh, I think that uh, we have uh, a big advantage in the sense that uh, I have... Uh, Clearly, the feeling that uh, uh, the fabric uh, in industry is uh, very, very slow in evolving. An industry that is used to reproduce with uh, the same, uh, the same stories, the same words, the same qualities. Uh, that is uh, as slow as evolving as a language, probably. And so I think uh, that much room to say, to invent new words, to, to give uh, expression. I think that designer, when they look uh, at our fabrics, they kind of find like uh, poets that find new words to to tell new stories. And uh, I have uh, the feeling that there's much room for us to, to give these new words to, to, to designer. And I think that the collection of the DAR is uh, finally filled that gap uh, of modernity uh, in a world that has been uh, very slow in evolving. Okay, so new words to tell new stories. Yes, I mean that's that's very that's very catchy. That's very that that resonates. I think I think that ought to be the the tagline for the whole company <laughs> now that I think about it. Right, <laughs> and part of part of your story is that you moved to be close to to Como to be close to these to these mills. Yes, that are that are so important to to your production and and the growth of your business. Yes. 
by family, we are not from Como, but we started living in Como when we was uh, three, four years old. We are so glad and grateful to all these uh, artisan, weavers, printers, uh, spinners, uh, dyers, uh, printers. I mean, <laughs> there are so much... Uh, know-how around that we couldn't be here if we if we were not uh, from this area. I mean, we are totally integrated into the system. Do you own some of your own mills or is it, are you partner with, we, with we mills? We partner and... with mills and okay. uh, we... Uh, during the years, put up uh, um, a, a department in the company that really can uh, manage uh, uh, weavers, uh, printers, uh, dyers, finishers. So we can manage the full process or eventually, depending on which is our need and our goal, we can also partner with a verticalized uh, mill. And and is is digital printing coming more into into your world? Digital printing, I think nowadays is uh, it would say like ninety eight percent of uh, printing. We we are not a, a, a we have not a collection that is about printing, but uh, yeah. we are able and we do it to have uh, both uh, both. Um, Technologies. I mean, it's one more possibility that nowadays is, uh, I would say, the the most important. No, I, I ask in part because when so many companies, when we talk to them, they say, "Oh, our mills are going away," or some of the old mills that had this capability or that capability. Uh, but but that's not, not the case. Not at all. Where, where, no, no, no. Not, not where no. you are. On the other <laughs> side, I would say that the good mills and even the most. Uh, complex and uh, unusual uh, and uh, let's say niche techniques mm. are available of course uh, we learn how to manage all these little uh, ca- capacities and know-how because if you have not the structure uh, you better forget it but we do it <laughs> <laughs> well and we and we thought that that you were both the the perfect people to ask about ivory boucle because that has also been a part of your of your history and we we talk about it a great deal these days and we're and we're actually really curious about the history and and where it where it really originated or where you think it 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 showed up early on and how you how you use it today well, I think the the boucle. <laughs> well, <laughs> I try to explain the boucle is quite long, but <laughs> well, first of all, I say the boucle is the beauty. You have uh, with the boucle yarn, you have the feeling of a beautiful uh, animal to hug and to and to and to caress. Is the baby lamb? Uh, is the, the baby lamb? The softness of baby lamb. <laughs> so the success of uh, of boucle, I think, is basically that emotion. And uh, but on the other side, the story uh, of boucle um, is linked to. Uh, 
uh, a moment of revolution, the, the, the passage in uh, Western culture from, uh, from uh, uh, the, the old world to the new world. So imagine that Bouclet before uh, Adolf Loos uh, or later Jean-Michel Franck uh, was not even possible to conceive it because uh, before that, uh, uh, luxurious uh, beauty was about uh, silks, uh, was about uh, the tradition of arist- aristocracy. And uh, while uh, the change uh, of the new world, uh, Ad- uh, Adolf Loos was a pioneer of architecture uh, from Vienna, late uh, uh, 20th century, uh, um, late 19th century, beginning of 20th century. And uh, he first, uh, of anybody else, understood that the beauty of things uh, is not about, uh, I would say, uh, decoration, it's about the beauty of uh, material itself. So like the marble veins or like the, the wood uh, expression, and uh, his, uh, his new uh, point of view, his new eye, uh, got a lot of influence in the modern culture. And uh, starting from that, from there, then uh, Jean-Michel Franck uh, started using uh, fabrics uh, that was the expression, more the expression of nature than the expression of, of a design pattern. And uh, that was uh, the beginning of the stories. And on that, we have built uh, uh, a collection that we call Texturology. And which, which is uh, as different grades of uh, uh, texture, booklet, uh, touch, softness, uh, thickness, uh, and uh, the booklet uh, is the let's say is the yarn speaking, is the yarn itself. The construction is something solid and simple, and the element that speaks the language is the yarn, how the yarn is constructed and, and built. So the most similar to what is uh, the, 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 the feeling of something uh, natural like marble or wood or a lamb. <laughs> <laughs> or lambskin. Well, you see, I knew. I see. I knew you were just the people to ask to tell us <laughs> to, to to tell us that 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 history. As we wrap up the conversation, we've all gone through this this terrible inflationary period, and and um, we're we're hoping that uh, the the U.S. has been able to raise rates enough to slow inflation down, and the supply chain issues seem to be settling down, and we can get ships and containers again and 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 all of that um, what's your sense and and what do you see as opportunities and and challenges for you in the in the year ahead so we feel that room for growth uh, is uh, there of course uh, i think uh, 2020 was a record year for everybody in the business uh, everybody uh, all clients were so keen on um, really um, doing the best possible with uh, the the places they live uh, in. And so designers uh, so involved in so many projects. Uh, and uh, now it's probably taken a different shape, the market. So there are beautiful projects. Uh, there are beautiful hospitality projects, uh, new ways, uh, new places in which people want to feel well, including, uh, of course, the yachts, uh, 
but also in, in Europe, the trains. Um, so there are many places that can be enriched by high quality fabrics. And I think when, uh, you know, the big wave of uh, uh, I want it done now slows down a little bit, there is even more room and more time for consideration about what is really making my client's life more interesting and special, which products I want to use, which materials I want to use in my project. And that, uh, that is the room for us. It's uh, not only getting the projects uh, done, but it's also, um, I want uh, projects that really represent uh, my style, uh, that talk my language. And I think Dedar is a tool to designers. So I, I, I feel that uh, um, the market might be slowing down a little bit. We, I think this is, in general, we, we hear that in the U.S., Sure. This does not mean that there is no room for beautiful projects and materials that are that bring quality and bring emotion. So we we feel very confident. Yeah. No, no, I, no, no, no question. Well, I, listen, it's been such a pleasure to spend time with with both of you, and it sounds like a lot of exciting things are waiting for us in Paris in January. Lots of tiger-filled <laughs> drama is uh, is waiting for us, so we so we look forward to to that. It's it's always a it's always a wonderful show and a wonderful presentation, and we look forward to it. and And thank you both so much for your time. Thank you, Dennis. Thank you, Dennis. It was a, our pleasure. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to keep up with the latest design industry news, visit us online at businessofhome.com, where you can sign up for our newsletter, browse job listings, and join our BOH Insider community for access to online workshops, a free print subscription, and much more. If you have a note for the podcast, drop us a line at podcast at businessofhome.com. If you're enjoying these conversations, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps others to discover the show. This show was produced by Fred Nikolaus and edited by Michael Castaneda. I'm Dennis Scully. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you next week. <laughs>